So often we hear Bible verses taken out of context and it leads us to misunderstand the word of God. And we want to tackle some of these misunderstandings in a series that we are simply calling Misunderstood Bible Verses. That's right. So uh, do God's plans to prosper me really mean that I won't ever suffer? Hmm. If God's plans are for me to prosper, then why do bad things happen? Should we just um, use verses like this in order to put in graduation cards? Mm. Hmm. You know, you should stick around because we're going to talk about all of these questions and hopefully answer them for you. You better believe it. And so much more. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your host, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are talking all about Jeremiah 29, 11. But first, but first, but first, what's happening first? If you did not see that this guy right here. Which guy? This one. Who has two thumbs? This and dad this guy. right here. Oh, yeah. Was just voted number 32 in the top 50 dads in podcasting. Yes. And I just have to, I'm just going to hold on. Okay, sorry. Wait, there's more. I'm, I'm paused. The number one dad in podcasting. Was Howie Mandel, which is pretty cool. Yeah. If you ever watched Bobby's World. <laughs> you went way back. I think I, America's Got Talent is probably the yes, most. Yes, that is the most relevant right now. But, yes. But if you're OG, Triple uh, like OG. me, you know what I mean? Bobby's World Bobby's where, was World. where you first learned about Howie Mandel. Anyway. Or if you watch his stand up where he would put the glove on his head and blow it up with his nose. That's Y'all know what one. I'm talking about. That's the one. So he was on there. Perez Hilton was on that list. And some other people, this guy right here was also on that list. Your boy. So podcast magazine, go check it out. Go um, get their latest issue. You'll see top 50 dads in podcasting. And then next year mm-hmm. you can vote again. Thank you for voting, by the way. Yes. Thank you. you can vote again. And he can maybe awesome. be number I don't know, 31, 31. I mean, I'm shooting for 31. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me just get a little bit of growth in my life. All right. Um, awesome. Well, let's get into it. So we're talking about yes. uh, Jeremiah. 2911. Sorry, we just said 32. And so I was like, Jeremiah 30, 31. 32, 50. Uh, sold. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but before we get into the actual verse, there's something that I believe I got from a pastor friend of mine. I don't know. I say it a lot. So let's just say it's mine for now. Um, and it's the the phrase that content without context lead to, leads to confusion. Mm. Say that again. Content without context leads to confusion. In other words, if you have something, you don't know where it came from, why it exists, who it's for, then you're just going to end up with a lot of confusion. You're going to mix some Period. stuff up. And yeah. so um, when we're reading scripture, when uh, for believers out there, when you're diving into the word of God, you have to know that you need context. Mm-hmm. If you don't have context, then anything that somebody says to you will um, sound right. Right. It'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. It's in the Bible. They it's said the Bible. it was in the Bible. They quoted it. Well, and on a, like even the example you gave of like graduation cards. Mm-hmm. How many times have you, I'm going to read the verse to you. How many times have you seen on a graduation card or you see, you know, a Facebook post for graduates that says, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, mm-hmm. declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Our puppy's dreaming. I was just That's I was why like, I laughed. You probably can't hear it, but our doggy's down here so by our feet cute. and he's dreaming. So he's going. <laughs> He's dreaming about the plans that God has to prosper. That's right. Sorry. Although this verse isn't for you. That's sorry. Spot. <laughs> Don't take it out of context. Don't take it out of context. So that's, that's the verse. That's what we typically see. That's it's right. on coffee mugs and pillows mm-hmm. and 
Um, there's even some like Hobby Lobby art that has oh, yeah. it on there. And and it's good to have these reminders. Mm-hmm. But the hard part is when we misassociate what it's supposed to be and who it's yeah. supposed to be for, it really do- it doesn't just lead to confusion. It leads to a lot of disappointment. And bad theology. Because if you like, so A.W. Tozer, who's like this dude who wrote a long time ago. OG. Triple OG. A.W. Tozer said, uh, what you believe, uh, no, the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Mm-hmm. Um, or to paraphrase, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Um, but like when you are given these verses and you're told things like, hey, God, ha- God has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And then you're harmed. You've got this weird theology that's like, yeah. so wait, what happened to God's <laughs> plans? Did God's plans fail? Did, mm. Is God not really in control? Like what? Is God do, a liar? Yeah, because you have to reconcile this this thing that you've been told with your real life lived experience. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, here's the way people use this verse a lot of times. Yeah. So um, a lot of times the way it's used, people say, you know, God has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, is because they are trying to sell you a bill of goods, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to, that's an old way of saying they're they're lying to you. <laughs> um, I just realized as I said that, I was like, nobody has bills of goods anymore. <laughs> Like Maybe some businesses do. Slang that I'm throwing out here, uh, <laughs> by golly! But um, so th- they want you to buy into this this health and wealth gospel. They want mm-hmm. you to believe that God's plans are for you to be prosperous by your understanding of what prosperity is, mm, right? Which is usually material. Yeah, usually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like they think about in like colleges or jobs or or whatever. It's like, hey, God, uh, God's plans are to prosper you. Yeah, that's to make you rich. That's to make you, you're going to get that promotion because, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, mm. God's pl- God knows the plans he has for you and they're to prosper you and not to harm you. Right. And it's also um, kind of insinuating a little bit that God's plans do not involve any pain yeah. because, and, and the, the words we use are so important, like harm, pain, discomfort, mm-hmm. um, all of these things have been have become synonymous Yeah. when to harm is to like to inflict something on someone else, to cause harm to someone else, to truly damage something. Yes. But to feel pain is different just because I feel pain doesn't mean that someone necessarily harmed me on purpose to did something to me to cause that pain. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really like, it's a slippery slope, I think to begin to use this verse to say that, well, you're never going to experience pain or discomfort or disappointment. Yeah, if that's that, painful sometimes. If that were the case, then why? What happened to Jesus? Like, Come on, because God knew the Come plans on. He had for him, right? Jesus had plans. Like God, He is God. Yeah, there were plans. Yeah. Yet the harm, right? Yeah. That was a big part of the it's whole cross of, thing. And a whole lot of pain. There's a lot of harm that happened. A lot of um, yeah. But it was physical harm, and that's not what this verse is about. Another yeah. thing that another way we've heard this verse used, and maybe you have too, is um, when people are. They use it as kind of a band-aid to, to fit whatever situation, right? Mm-hmm. You're sick. God knows mm-hmm. the plans he has for you. You're going through hard times. God knows the plans he has for you. Things are great for you. That's right, because God knew the plans he had for you. Mm. Like, it's just whatever situation is going on, this is like the band-aid verse that people throw this out there, and they, they mean it to, or sorry, they use it to mean, hey, things are going to turn around. Cheer up. Like God's protecting you. He's Everything's coming up roses. But instead of just saying that so we know that this is your opinion, they, mm. they, they cherry pick this verse and they use it incorrectly. Yeah. And while it is there, we'll get into this. It is a verse that carries a promise with it. It does. Um, there's some things we have to understand about God's character and the promises he makes. They're never in and of themselves. They're never a means to an end. And so when we use this and we've seen it used, uh, we talked about graduation mm-hmm. and this is the season right now. You've probably gotten a few cards. If you're a graduate, congratulations. Hey, way to go y'all. 
this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Great season of your life, but you've probably gotten this thrown at you or given to in some fashion. It's not diminishing the value of the verse or the person that referenced it for you, but Mm -hmm. it's used with graduations. It's used with um, even the infertility Mm. journey. That's hard. um, Which I think is really, really difficult because um, I've, I've heard it and I've seen it used with women who are struggling with fertility. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's almost this way of saying, well, don't worry. God wants you to have a baby. Right now, he, he's going he's gonna to make it happen. Wow. You just have to pray harder. You just have to have more faith. Oh, no. And it, it's, that's a harmful thing when you're dealing with somebody who's been through that pain and that loss and is grieving. And, and you don't have that certainty for yeah. them. Like you, We don't have the answers for people that are going through that. And so it's just hard. So um, infertility is one. Also, just going through rough times, yeah. going through, um, honestly, losing loved ones. Mm-hmm. We've had... I, I remember people yep. saying this to, to us, like, you know, God knows the plans he has for you. It's like, well, yeah, I know the plans he has for me are good, but, but what about them? That, yeah, they, they, now? They're dead. Like that doesn't help the situation. Yeah. And so we just want to be mindful as believers, um, again, with talking through grief, whether it's uh, death or a loss of a season or a loss of a child, whatever it is. Mm, um, I like the way you worded that. We have to be sensitive to what other people are going through. And I guess I shouldn't use the word sensitive. I should use the word compassionate. Mm, that's good. Yeah. You should acknowledge that what you're going through um, doesn't necessarily need me to throw um, my cherry picked verse at you. Yeah. It's not a, a blanket verse to just, Hey, feel better. If you want people to feel better, just say that. Like, yeah. Well, and honestly, there's, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, something you had said earlier this week, <laughs> it, was, I say. it was about parenting, which maybe you can relate to this. Um, our, our kids were doing something. They were just, you know, they needed parenting. They were like constantly at each other and we were like, oh my goodness. And I, you said something to the effect of like, I just want to say something to you so that you stop needing something from me right now. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I just, I, I don't really, okay, sure. Like you didn't, yeah. you weren't saying anything mean, but it was just like, okay, yes, Rebecca. <laughs> now, in other words, like, yes, now leave me alone. There Go are times, there are yeah. times I feel like we give verses like this in situations where it's like, uh, well, you know, God knows the plans he has for you, declares the Lord's is to, you know, prosper you and harm you. All right. Now just yep. leave me alone, please. I appreciate it. But uh, here's your Bible verse. Go look it up. Yep. Hope in the future. There Hope. you go. Hope in the future. Future cling, means cling not to that right promise. now. Get away from me. Yeah. Get away. I don't have, I don't have that for you right now, but I've God got does. The present. God's got the future. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Go and so there's, a, there's a little bit of that, that I feel as, as believers in our hurriedness and our, um, feeling inadequate. We'll throw that at somebody just to be like, okay, just please get away from me. Yeah. With your grief. Yeah. I think that's, um. Sorry, I got distracted by the dog dreaming again. He's, he's living his best life right now, just so y'all know. <laughs> he's dreaming his oh. best life. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's important for us as believers to understand context. Mm-hmm. Context, because the truth is, if I receive this as a graduation card, because I did just recently graduate, if any of you want to send me Woo-woo! money and you want to put that in a card. Um, <laughs> and I'm that, celebrating over here. And that card had this verse. I would be a little worried because I know the context of the verse. <laughs> and so the context of the verse. So, um, this is a letter that Jeremiah is writing to the people of Israel and he's writing it to them as they are in exile. Like they're going, they're, they're like, they're going into exile mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that are, um, proclaiming false prophecies for the people of Israel. God's going to deliver you today. God's going to bring you out. God's going to, you know, you're, you guys are going to be free next year. We, God is a God who, who saves and he's, he's not going to let us go into exile and he's not going to keep us up. there. Yes. Like we are going to live our best. life. And like Jeremiah is writing this letter and he says, listen, y'all don't listen to the liars. Like yeah. don't, don't buy into the hype. And another thing about Jeremiah, just a little backstory on him. 
they call him the weeping prophet. If you read through <laughs> Lamentations, that's a whole book of just yeah. like, man, God, this is terrible. Like he's just talking about lamenting over mm. the sin of Israel, lamenting over their pride and arrogance, lamenting over the, the wrath that has come on Israel, rightfully so. Yeah. And so Jeremiah didn't have any converts. They think only like two people followed him his whole life. And so then he writes this letter. He's like the least popular prophet. Mm. Um, and Which is crazy considering how popular this verse is. Right. Yeah, like nobody bought this when he sold when he sold it to them. When he mm. sent this to them, they're like, "Uh, here's Jeremiah well, with his nonsense again." I want to back up a little bit because can you explain what exile me- meant or means in this context? Like, what is it's exile? the aisle that mm. eggs are on? It's the eggs, <laughs> the eggs. <gasps> All aisle. those years in seminary, and that's <laughs> the best answer you can come up with. <laughs> oh, it was just good. I just the exile. Anyway, somebody oh, please tell me that was that's... corny enough to laugh at. Um, so exile in this context um the kingdom of israel was overthrown by babylon and so what happened is uh, babylon came in and they took all the people from israel minus some poor folk to tend the land they destroyed the temple they broke down the walls of jerusalem and they took all the wealthy people they took all the moderately wealthy people they took all the average people um away from their homeland and they took them to another part of the world that they create like not created that they um ruled right and so the people of god were taken out of their promised land they're taken away from their temple they're taken away from all the things that they had grown up with in this season and they were put in a foreign land they were put under foreign government they were uh, forced to live in this pluralistic society where um the god of the kingdom was not god right they had to worship their god alongside other people who worship baals and worship Mm -hmm um Asherah and all these other false gods yeah and so um the exiles they weren't allowed to go back to their homeland and actually uh, Babylon settled other people there mm-hmm. and this was a, a tactic in order to keep people subjugated to control them right you there was this thought that um gods were localized sorry I'm going into depth but is this good are we That's good? Okay. I'm okay good I'm listening so uh, there was this thought that gods were localized so it whatever city or uh, country you were from they thought that your god ruled that area and so they would take people from that area to remove them from the protection of their God. And it would also remove them. <laughs> Cause that's is, how it works. This is how they thought. Oh, you live here. God's here. Taking you out of there. That's right. And I'm gonna put you somewhere where you don't know how to worship that God. Your he God's not going to find you anymore. Um, and so they thought gods were like, they had to be localized. And so then they also, um, it was also another tactic because when they disoriented people by removing them, by taking away their comfort, by splitting them up, by putting them in different parts of the country, like people from one city will be in like five different parts of that, mm-hmm. that diaspora, right? Yep. That spread out area. Um, it eliminated the unification of the people. Mm-hmm. And so um, exile was something that was not fun. It was not something they were like, oh, well, we're not being killed. So that's cool. It's like, imagine somebody just kicked in your door today. was like, look, take all your stuff. You're now moving to the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, and no, you're not going to know anybody there. And no, you're not going to have a house. You're going to figure it out. Um, and and mm. just go do that. Well, and how traumatizing that would have been because this generation at that time would have grown up understanding like the value of the temple and the gathering of God's people yeah. and the sacredness of being together and the sacredness. Yes and no. Okay. So the people at that time, um, the reason they were sent into exile because they were not following God. Oh, that's right. These so are the, these are yeah, the disobedient yeah. ones. Yeah. They were very okay. um, ethnocentric. And so they believed that being Jewish, being an Israelite was um, the thing, right? That's what kept them in their prosperity. Um, they thought that their might, that their wit, that their money, um, that these things would sustain so them. So Jewish, being Jewish by 
ethnicity. Ethnicity, not faith. Correct. Okay. And so they, these people, they um, had an earthly kingdom and they just did whatever they thought was right. And God continued mm. to call them back into repentance. Um, but being, I mean, I think it was even more of a um, punishment or a, not a punishment, but a, um, I don't know, God correcting these folks because they had become so accustomed to their own context, to their own little cities, to their own power, their own bubble. bubble. And when, when God allowed Babylon to come in and pop that bubble, now they didn't even understand God well enough to mm. lean on him in those moments, which is why Jeremiah had to write this letter. Gotcha. Jeremiah was calling the people back into repentance. And so he's mm. telling them, he's saying, um, like God has, God knows the plans he's had for you. He's saying these plans that, that you're entering into exile and you will stay in exile. Mm. You're going to live in a land that's not your own uh, for not a week, not two weeks, not, you know, for, for 70 years, you're going to live here. Yeah. So most likely a lot of you who were taken are going to well, die. Yeah, you're in this gonna land. Die. Yeah. And your kids are going to be old when they leave. Mm-hmm. And so they had to like come to terms with like, wait, that's God's plan. Wow. So if, if somebody writes this to you and they're like, Hey, God knows the plans he has for you. I'd be like, wait a second. What? Yeah. God's sending me into exile. What's happening. Mm, it's almost like hearing those words in, in the context of what you're experiencing. If you were in this time was it, it demanded faith. Yeah. Because what I see and what I feel and what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. tells me one thing about God and what people around me are saying tells me one thing mm-hmm. about God. But yet what you're telling me God is actually saying goes against what I'm feeling and experiencing. That's right. It's interesting how the theme of having faith in what the Lord says and who he says he is, is kind of constant throughout Consistent. scripture. Consistent throughout scripture and in our context as well. So, so this context and, mm-hmm. and, this is not something that, yes, you went to seminary and that's amazing. And there you go. That's you what a I lot of money to do something to that, that you can do without. Um, but you also can get this information. You also can understand the context if you do something that we call the 2020 rule. And we didn't make that up. No, we didn't. A lot but, of people but we talk do call it that. We do call it that, yes. Um, so you heard it here first, maybe. <laughs> but the 2020 rule says that when you are reading a scripture and someone brings it to you and says, hey, this, this, this. You need to read 20 verses before mm-hmm. and 20 verses after that yes. scripture. You need to find the address of it, the numbers and the chapter and all that. And then you need to go and read for yourself what it said before and after. The reason this is, is because you get a good view of the story. Actually, uh, Jeremiah 29, one, you don't even have to go fully 20 verses back, but if you should mm-hmm. gives you an understanding of, oh, this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent. It tells you exactly what this is that That's you're right. about to read. And then it, ex- and even before that, it explains to you kind of what was going down. Pretty much everything that Nick just said mm-hmm. um, was in there. And so when you get to that, you, you read before that and you get that. But then afterwards, you get what I believe should be the more quoted scripture than Jeremiah 29, 11, which is verses 12 and 13. And we'll get into that. But when you actually read beyond that scripture, you get yeah. a bigger picture of like, oh, so that's why God said that he was really setting it up for you to receive that mm-hmm. got you it's like got you, you big the, guy the big picture matters to him <laughs> <laughs> got you big guy come on the Thanks big a guy. lot he's your daddy <laughs> um and so you have to understand when you're reading and you're getting context um part of what getting context means is who was the letter written to what did it mean for them right and then how do i apply that meaning to my situation not how mm. do i take the words that were spoken and utilize that for my own purposes. Mm-hmm. And so once you understand like, okay, 2911 was written to a people who were going into exile, a people who were dealing with a lot of people telling them that they're walking in their season, that God's about to deliver mm. them, that they're about to be 
um, you know, blessed and highly favored and they're going to, you know, send in that seed money. Like there, there are a lot of lying prophets out there. And Jeremiah was like, nah, now God has plans for you beyond this temporal stuff. Yeah. And you're going to have to endure and mm-hmm. you're, but here's the promise in it. Yeah. In this situation, God's going to be with you. He's going to bless you even in the context that you don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be in exile, mm. but God's still going to be with you. Yeah. And, well, and sorry. Ahead. And even understanding like in spite of your disobedience that got you here, mm-hmm. like it, in spite of the fact that you don't deserve anything that you're going to get. Yeah. God not only is going to keep you alive for this, for part of this, but he's going to, he's going to, he is going to bring a blessing to you through this. If, and there's, there's a conditional thing in that. And, yeah. um, that's, I think the hardest part in reading this, um, in reading the full context of it is getting that conditional, um, promise. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. The covenant, promise. the covenantal yeah. language, yep. the covenantal, if, even though what, what he says in here, he says, you, then you will for mm-hmm. another plan. I'm going to go ahead and read it. So for yeah, another yeah. plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future. And again, I'm reading from the, um, NIV. Uh, then you, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart, whole heart Mm. again. So he says, you will come like, he's like, listen, I know y'all. And I know once it gets bad enough, you're going to come to me. You're going to pray and I'm going to listen because I love you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, He didn't just say, I I know you're going to pray eventually. So I'm going to go and bless you now. He said, no, this is going to happen. And when it does, then I'm going to respond. Yeah. And he also says, then you will call on me. Or sorry, then you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's I will be found yeah. by you, declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I will bring you back. So he said, like, the promise is there. Mm-hmm. When you seek me with your whole heart. Mm-hmm. When, like, listen, you're going to go into captivity. It's for your good. Yeah. It's to cultivate a desire in you for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bless you in that, in that uh, captivity. He goes on and he tells them to, to pray for the good of the city. He tells mm-hmm. them to build houses, to, yeah. to marry and to give your daughters away. Like, listen, you're going to be here for a while. Like, unpack your bags. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> sit, sit down. down. <laughs> be humble. Like, uh, yeah. go ahead and buy that house. You ain't got to rent. Like, you're going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then throughout all of this, though, you're going to be in a, a land you don't want to be in. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. You're going to be praying and crying out to me mm. to, to deliver you from this land, mm-hmm. but I'll still be with you. And so yeah. there's a promise in the midst of the heartache. Yeah, that's good. And honestly, the Israelite people, if you look at, you know, the, the stories that most of us know, the story of um, God bringing them through um, the Red Sea on dry ground. Yeah. And, you know, now he's their rescuer. He, he's the God of their salvation because he truly saved them from the Egyptians. And them having these instances, these miraculous moments of saying, oh, God is our rescuer. God is our provider. God is like all of these things they saw him do mm-hmm. um, in the wilderness, in the desert, as he was bringing them to the promised land. So they knew God as their provider and rescuer. They knew him tangibly as this God who does these things. And then this, this verse and, and the exile that is referenced here in this book, it really shows that the chosen people of God would experience him as their sovereign sustainer through this. I I truly believe, and um, if you read the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is a kid's Bible, it talks about how every story whispers his name. Mm, So good. Um, His name being Jesus. And so in this, I really believe that that this is one of those stories where we see um, that sustaining hope um, that Jesus represents for us in the Babylonian exile. And also um, just the parallel and, and him as their safekeeper, the, the parallel for us um, today, it shows that this is, this is not a capstone verse. It's not just a, 
a standalone verse. We just throw it out to people. It has so much more significance for yeah. us today um, because even after disobedience and even in the midst of forgetting God constantly over and over, forgetting God and forgetting what he and who he had called them to be, um, he says that, what, what you read there before, um, then I will come. Mm-hmm. He, he goes on. I'm going to read it. Go I'm just going to read it because it's just that good. It's the word. Come on. Verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Again, using that same phrase, declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. Then I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring and will bring you back from captivity. Yeah. Another translation or another way of understanding that is I will restore mm-hmm. you. Um, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. I'm sorry if you don't see that as mirroring the understanding of God bringing us back to wholeness and the restoration of his creation, then, then we're missing something. Yeah. That's what this whole picture is. It's not just, Oh, there's a story about these people and this thing happened and Oh, but there's a really cool verse that you can quote from it. No, this is a, <laughs> this is a foreshadowing of what God intends to do to his people because we are scattered today. And what God has done through, yes, through the reconciliation through, yes. of Jesus Christ on the yes. cross. And like the, the image of the foreshadowing of Jesus of salvation in here, um, it gives us hope like beyond the temporal because what this verse has been misused for misunderstood for is that we're only here for the temporal. But this mm-hmm. tells us that um, there is eternal. There is something beyond the now. Yeah. And so the promise in here isn't, Hey, God's going to give you what you want. The promise in here isn't, Hey, God's going to make things better. He's going to kiss your boo-boos. You're going to be great. Like kiss the promise. Boo-boos? I, I'm just saying, I don't know how people use it. God, the uh, boo-boo kisser. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, God does that. He comforts, but that's mm-hmm. not what this promise is. Mm-hmm. This promise is that even in captivity, even in exile, even when your life is upside down, even when you are put in a situation that you've been fighting tooth and nail to stay out of, mm. but somehow God continues to draw you into that through circumstances and situation, he's still going to give you hope and a future in that. Mm. Not in not out. He's not going to pull you out to give you the hope in the future. In the midst of the fight, in the yeah. midst of this lost world, we still have hope in a future yeah. for something eternal beyond the now. Come on. And so this promise is not, um, it's not for the graduate that says, hey, you're going to the college and God's going to give you whatever college you want to go to. It's saying, hey, you've graduated and you're about to enter the real world and it's going to hurt. But guess what? God's going to be with you. You're about to be scattered. <laughs> you're going, you're about oh to be boy, you out of be sorts. Scattered. And, and in a sense, maybe there are, maybe if you've used that verse, with graduates, that's how you mean it. And, and we're not, obviously we're not harping on, um, or coming down on people using this verse, no. um, to congratulate people, but just to give us a deeper understanding and a deeper appreciation for God's word and yeah. how it applies to us. Um, not with eisegesis, which is reading it into my life so that I can figure out a way to manipulate this and use it. Yeah. It's understanding that God intends to use this, um, for our good and for his glory. And, it, right. and it's used for for our good and his glory when we understand it in context. And so, mm, so good. we're going to move into some practicality. It's really simple practicality. S- super simple. Like, yeah. I already ahead. said it already. Context without, sorry, content without context <laughs> leads to confusion. And I'm confused right now. Uh, content without context. Learn context. Learn how to read yeah. into your, read your word for context, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to find the context, of, if you don't know who wrote the book of Jeremiah, hint, it's Jeremiah. But if you don't know who wrote certain books and you're struggling to be like, okay, who was this written to? There are all sorts of resources out there. And if you don't know where those resources are, contact us, DM us. We will be able to point you in the right direction so that you can find credible resources so that you can find context to 
dig into your word deeper. Yes. Also, understand that the Bible itself is a complete work. Mm, 66 good. books. Mm-hmm. Um, and those 66 books agree with and cross-reference one another. Yeah. So a lot of times we'll say, well, how, do, how can I get a Bible interpretation book? You got the best Bible interpretation books right here in this one volume book yeah. thing. Scripture interprets scripture. Like it really yes. does. The yes. word of God is sufficient. I just lost my book. That's that's okay. I got mine open. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. If uh, something seems out of character, out of whack, then check the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Like if some if you're it's like, well, that doesn't sound right. Like, okay, well, find another prophet. Find another like promise that was given and say, okay, well, that doesn't line up. Maybe I need to go back and check this. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll think, oh, well, it must be the Bible. Um, there must be an error in here. There must be something wrong with either the people that wrote it or the the actual content itself. Mm-hmm. It's probably a user error. Yeah. I'll say it's probably a computational error that that happens on our end, and we need faith and we need understanding to be able to work through that. Mm, that's good. And I think in that same vein, um, uh, oh, what's it called? A concordance. Ooh, Look up a concordance yes. because a strong's if, concordance. The strong's. If you're <laughs> if you're you're struggling in scripture and you find like, oh man, this is talking about love and i have a hard time understanding what love is because Mm. of whatever context i'm coming from what does the bible mean by love so then you can open up a concordance and say and find all the verses that mention love and then you take all of those together and it gives you a picture you don't just be like oh well this one i like this one i don't like this one (laughs) right like all of them give you a complete picture and so Mm. that's how you cross-reference using scripture that's good um the last one uh and he says it in scripture in jeremiah 29 he says seek the peace of the city, mm. not like a little piece of the city. Like I just want a portion. I just want my piece. Of I just the city. want my piece of the pie. Baby. I want a key to the city. I want a piece of the city. <laughs> no, but seek the good, seek the welfare mm-hmm. of the city. Like uh, where you are, where you, where you're um, planted. You've heard the phrase grow where you're planted, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, be a blessing where you are. Seek the good of those around you because yeah. in the, the good of your neighborhood, in the good of your country, in the good of your city, uh, your prosperity is there as well. Your temporal yeah. prosperity is there. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, and because we are elect exiles, that's, I think the heart of, um, I guess where we want to land on this is that yeah. this is for us, not just because it's in the Bible and the whole Bible is for us. It's for us because we understand that we are exiled in this world. We're, this is not our home. This that's is right. not the promised land that we have. And our promise is in Christ first and foremost and last always. Mm, but as we are waiting for Christ, whether he comes or calls us home, we are exiles here and we have Babylon all around us. That's right. Um, we are oftentimes, uh, we find ourselves to be foreigners among people that are even our neighbors. And so how do we seek that good and that peace? We, we have to bless and we have to pursue goodness however we can. We have to be able to look at our neighbor and say, I want good for you, even mm-hmm. though I really don't agree with you. I really don't understand how you could possibly think the way you think, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bless you in the ways that God leads me to and equips me to. And so, mm, so good. in doing that, we advance the kingdom of God. Sorry, I keep bumping this. We, ad- okay. we advance the kingdom of God. We, we move forward as those um, the infantry, like boots on the ground, actually doing the work of the kingdom. And as we do that and the day draws near, we find ourselves less consumed with the things that don't matter. Mm, so good. Y'all, we could talk about this for another 30 minutes, but we're going to um, going to go ahead and cut this short. If you want more content, though, think about joining our inner circle. Mm. The inner circle is a group of people that um, 
that support us. They get extra content. They get direct access to us a lot more than um, our outer circle. Sorry. Did we just have a new member? We did just have a new member. Did we give our shout out yet? I don't think so. Lydia, I know you've been watching all the way. Thank you so much, Lydia. Shout out. From Canada. Yes. Our first international um patreon support patron. that's right not yeah. our first international listener but yes our very first, first patreon supporter from another circle. country so bless you lydia thank you so much for your support and um hopefully you got some con- some context hopefully you've got <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you got some context in all of I this hope so. hopefully this has blessed you in some way shape or form and if it has please consider sharing this with somebody that you know all right well this has been the nick smith podcast we hope you've gotten a dose of real life no myth be, be blessed, blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.